So we are finishing up the series of Moses. And I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm just gonna let you know, I love this series. I've always loved what Moses had to go through in this life, what he had to walk through, and what he had to, uh, what he had to, to do in order to pursue God. You know, all of us should be pursuing something in this life. Many people pursue careers. Uh, they pursue um, great uh, family life. They pursue health. They pursue lots of things. But the biggest thing we can pursue is an understanding of who God is and what he wants to do through us in the world. And, uh, and, and it basically boils down to loving God and loving others. And so as we walk through this, I'm going to... I'm gonna focus in on fathers. Now, before you check me out and uh, just zone out, I wanna let you know that this message is for everybody. And in fact, if you are a wife, a husband, and he's here, or, and, uh, and if you want to jab him a little bit, that's, uh, that's okay. Or if you want to pray for him, that is okay too. And you're gonna have opportunities to do both. Students, if you're here and if you have a father and, he's, and, uh, and you want to have an opportunity to pray for him, and there's gonna be a role that you will play um, as well. But, um, but if you're like me, guys, if you're like me, you are in pursuit of, of God, but you're also in the pursuit of manlyhood. You wanna be a, a great husband, you wanna be a, you wanna be a great father, and you just wanna be a man after God's own heart. And so as we pursue God and as we look back on, the, on Moses and we've looked at all of these things that he, that he went through and as I was reading them this week, I'm like going, man, what Moses had to go through, many of us guys, we do that. I don't know about you, but I like to fix things. I like to have a solution for everything. I normally can't fix it. I usually make it worse and then I have to call in the professionals, all right? But at least I try. And that's okay, right? And so as, as we try to fix things and find a solution to things, we like to take things in our own hands. And when we, when we do that, sometimes we mess up. And when we get ahead of God, we can really, really mess things up and it can cause things, bad things to happen to those that, that love us and, and to our family. You know, as men, many times we feel a little bit unqualified. Now, ladies, I'm gonna let you know in a little bit of a secret. And guys, I hope you don't let, don't get mad at me on this. You know, even though sometimes we may act a little, a little macho, although I'm not acting real macho with this Band-Aid on my face, but as we act, try to act macho, I wanna let you know of something. Deep inside, there are some insecurities. In fact, the more that we try to act macho, the more that we have those insecurities. And so we have those, those insecurities. Sometimes as a man, we feel unqualified. We feel unqualified. Just like you ladies, when you look at a magazine or if you see something on TV and you, and you look at other women and you're like, man, I'm unqualified. I'm not, I'm not really beautiful or enough or, or whatever. And as a man, we look at you know, other men in our, in our lives and we say, man, that, that guy seems to have it all together. In reality, he probably doesn't. But it makes us feel a little bit unqualified. And so sometimes we, uh, 
We think that, but those unqualified thoughts come from Satan himself. And so guys, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to not listen to those voices of being unqualified. Just like, just like Moses felt that. Moses felt that when God called him out of the burning bush to do something. He kept making excuses. Guys, you are called for a purpose. You're called to, to be a loving husband and a loving father and to lead your family. You're called to that. God has put that in your life if, if you're in that situation. You young guys, if you aren't married yet, okay, students, one day if you get married, you're gonna have that role in your life, most likely to where you're gonna be a husband or you're gonna be a father. And so your desire is to, is to be the best that you can be, but sometimes we just feel unqualified. Um, ladies, this is where you can help. Be a cheerleader for your husband. Be a cheerleader for your husband. One of the things that I love about, about my wife, Suzanne, um, is she is a cheerleader for me. Uh, this past Monday, we celebrated 24 years of marriage. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So uh, y'all pray for her. And um, so, but, but she is a cheerleader for me. She does. I just wish sometimes she would dress like a cheerleader. <laughs> anyway, but, so, but she literally, she cheers me on. She doesn't compare me with other of her friends' husbands who are like good at lots of things. She ne I've never heard her say, you know, why can't you be like my friend's husband? Or why can't you be like, she's never compared me to anybody. Ladies, please don't go down that road with your husband. I'm just, I'm just serious. Just don't be tempted to do that because that just adds more insecurities to the man that you're called uh, to love. And so I wanna encourage you to be a cheerleader. And guys, don't listen to those, the, the voice of Satan saying that you're unqualified. You know, so when, when we accept that call to, to, to walk in obedience, when you... When you feel like, man, I need to be a better husband, I need to be the best husband, the best father I can be, I need to lead my family. When you hear that call and you feel like God is telling you to do that, then you're walking in obedience. You're going to have some obstacles in your way. Gosh, Moses had obstacles when he went back to Egypt and told the Israelites, hey, we're gonna set you free. God's gonna do it, let's go. You know, and they soon found out that it wasn't quite that easy. And so when you, um, when you decide, I'm gonna lead my family, you're gonna face obstacles. Those obstacles can even be in your own house. Students, if you're here in this room, if you're watching online, I wanna let you know, look, um, go easy on your dad. When your dad is trying to do a family devotional, just don't roll your eyes so many times. You know, it's okay. Just allow your dad to be a leader. Allow your dad to be a leader. And let me tell you what, students, if, you're, if you complain about going to church because your dad is bringing you, trust me, because I've seen it, you don't want the opposite situation of that. 
You don't wanna be in, in a house where your dad is not saying, hey, let's go to church. Let's go to church. And so, gentlemen, you're gonna face some obstacles from your kids. Just look past that. You may have some obstacles uh, from, uh, from some of your friends as well. So if you guys want to walk in obedience, um, there's gonna be some of the things you've gotta go through. But in order to be a man who's respected and honored in your family, you've gotta lead them down the right path. I encourage you this morning, men, to lead them down the right path. Don't give up. If Moses decided to give up when he heard the grumblings and complainings of the Israelites time and time again, during the plagues and, and, and having to get all of the supplies to make the bricks, he could have given up and said, man, forget this. I'm going back home. No, he, he stayed the course. So gentlemen, I encourage you to stay the course. Ladies, allow your man to lead. And guys, the more that you lead, the more, I believe, respect you're gonna have in your family. Because that's really, that's really what men want. Men, the biggest need of man is to be respected. It's not other words, which you might be thinking, but really, it's just to be respected. And so the way to be respected is to, guys, is to lead your families, lead yourself well and lead him to Christ. As we saw with, um, with Moses and the, and the plagues, you know, Mo, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh kept holding on to things, and those things were people, and there were slaves, the Israelites. He didn't wanna let them go. And, and Moses, Moses was like, no, you, you need to let, God said you need to let my people go. And Pharaoh would not do it. So he experienced as well as all of Egypt, the plagues that God brought to their life. And so, um, gentlemen, I wanna encourage you. If you've got things in your life that it's hard for you to let go, I wanna encourage you to do everything you can to let it go. And I'm talking about things that, and you probably know what some of these things are, okay? It could be anger, okay? It could be excessive drinking. It could be uh, a filthy mouth, okay? It could be saying dirty jokes, what you're seeing on the internet. It could be lots of things, whatever it is that you, you feel like is holding you back and holding your family back from experiencing God to the ultimate level. I wanna encourage you guys to let go of that and release them. It's kind of like fishing. Now, I'm not a great fisherman. And I, I fish, <clears throat> I've, I've fished a couple of times in my life where I really enjoyed it. And that was at a stocked catfish pond. <laughs> Literally, you throw some bread in there, you throw an empty hook, and you reel it in every time, and you got a catfish. So I was like, man, this is my kind of fishing. 
But when you fish, and I've been on some fishing trips with my, uh, with my family as a child, and, and as you're fishing, you, you have some fish that you wanna, you wanna keep. It's like, I'm gonna keep that one. And you have some that you're like, ah, I'm, I'm not gonna keep that one. We're gonna throw it back, okay? Um, I wanna encourage you guys to understand that there are some things in your life, you're gonna, you're gonna catch a lot of things, okay? So imagine your, your day, your week, your month, your life, it's like a huge net that you throw out, okay? And you're gonna have a lot of experiences and you're gonna catch a lot of things. You're gonna catch a lot of looks, a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions, you're gonna catch a lot of things and some of those things you wanna keep. Those, those precious, awesome times with your kids when you're, when you're saying prayers at night or when you go do something with them. Yesterday, well, actually today is, is my youngest daughter, Marion's birthday, and uh, she's turned 13 today. And so yesterday, we got an opportunity to, just me and her, to go yesterday morning, and we just had a great time, just me and her. Borrowed a friend of mine's Mercedes-Benz convertible, and yes, we rode in style. It was awesome. And, um, and so I'm gonna treasure that. I'm gonna keep that one. But I'm gonna be honest. There are sometimes as a father, when I've reacted to what a child has done in my home, that I don't wanna keep that. I wanna throw that one away and learn from it, yes. You know, you wanna keep some things like um, with, with your spouse. Those quick little makeout sessions in the kitchen when the kids are in the other room watching a TV, you wanna keep those, okay? And so, but some things you wanna throw away. You know, when you're, if you're searching for um, things on the internet to help with your job or maybe around the house and you got something and you see, and this has happened to us, okay? We had a snake in our yard a few years ago. We looked at the internet, we looked, typed the word snake, put it in images. You won't believe what kind of images came up with the word snake. We're like, oh, I didn't see that snake. <laughs> so those things that are unintentional, you wanna throw those away. It's like fishing. You wanna throw those away and you want to keep. Now, I'm not saying you need to hide the things that you're in, you are intentionally doing. I don't mean you need to hide sin because it will always come out in the open. But, but if you're holding on to things that you know are not right, there's gonna be plagues that are gonna come in to your life. And it's gonna be very difficult, gentlemen, to lead your family to a godly relationship if you're holding on to things that you know you can't, you need, you need to let go. Now, guys, you're not gonna be perfect. Understand this. God, God, God will walk with you on that. Okay, even as you're trying to lead your family, you're still struggling with some things. There's some people around you that can help you with that, whatever it is. So there are plagues that can happen in your life. Let it go, just like we, we learned with Pharaoh. And just like with, with the, uh, the Red Sea, with the parting of the Red Sea, how we've, the, we you can easily feel trapped between the, uh, the army and the, and the Red Sea and, and everything. And, and actually, I, I spoke on this, this part of the story on Mother's Day and how, how moms had so much courage to, to bring their children into between the walls 
of the water, not knowing when they're gonna come down, but knowing there's an enemy, how much courage that is. But then I was thinking, I was preparing this, I was like, you know, I, I think if I was in that situation, I would be like, okay, honey, just, just stay here for a second. I, I'm gonna walk in there and make sure that's okay. And then go ahead and bring the children. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first. I'm going first. Personally, we don't know if the ladies went first or the guys went first. The Bible is not, this doesn't give us those kind of details. But I do know that families went into that. And I would only imagine that the men, the fathers, would say, follow me, we're going this way. Guys, look at me, this is important. Stop allowing the ladies to make all of the first spiritual moves in your family. I want you to give, I wanna give you the freedom. And I'm just speaking boldly as the spirit is just, telling me, I want you to understand this. You have the freedom, you have the authority in your life to step out first in faith and lead your family. I know it's ladies first in our, in, in our culture, and absolutely. And I'm not saying that ladies can never, ladies and students can never lead We've had students in our family. We've had ladies in our family who've, who've taken that first step. Hey, we're gonna go to church. Guess what? The dad came and that is awesome. I love those stories. But guys, you need to lead first as much as possible. Not that you receive the glory because they're gonna follow you. They're gonna follow you and they're gonna respect you and just lead your family in that. Take those first steps because there's too many, there's too many families where the dad is just so apathetic and the, and the mom is doing all of the leading. Ladies, please allow your husband to lead. Allow him to lead. It's okay to give him some, um, some ideas and, some, and talk through that, but allow him to lead, to take that step and walk with him on that. Because you're going to love the confidence that it brings to your marriage. You're gonna love the confidence and the stability that it's gonna bring to the relationship with your children. It is like everything just like, oh wow, dad, Dad's doing this. Look at dad go. Go, dad, go. You know. And the kids see that. And the relationships are strengthened. And I'm not saying relationships aren't strengthened when the mom does that. But I'm just saying many times, most times, we see the ladies taking the first step. So ladies, encourage your husband to take the first step. Guys, take the first step. Join a small group, okay? We've got small groups. We got small groups this summer. We got small groups that are happening now. Sunday morning at 9.30, Wednesday nights at five, no, 6.30, and Sunday nights at five. There are small groups for you to join a small group. Come 
to church. You know, make those big decisions. Do a family devotional. Do those things that you know will be great for your family. The more, ladies, the more your man is given the opportunity to lead his family, the more confident and less apathetic he will become. I'm just telling you, as a man, and as a father, and as a husband. So, as we saw with Moses, and they, they left Israel, I mean, they left Egypt, so the nation of Israel is traveling, and they get the surprise attack by the Milikites. And so they are surprisingly attacked, and, and Moses, as we saw, had to hold up his arms, and just supernaturally, the, the, he held up his arms, and they were winning. And then when he was tired, he let his arms out, and they were losing the battle. And so he had two men in his life who were holding up his hands and helping to win the battle, and God was just miraculously helping in that. Gentlemen, let me ask you a question. Who is in your life that's helping to hold your hands up? Who in your life is helping to hold your hands up? Now, um, it's humbling to go to other men and say, hey, could, could you pray for me? Could you pray for me on this? Or could, could, we, could we meet together? You know, I, I just need some help with some areas. I know that's humbling. You think it was humbling for Moses to stand there and have two guys hold his arms up for hours? Of course it was. So, so guys, who in your life is holding up your arms? Now, obviously, hopefully your wife and your kids are helping holding up your arms. Ladies, I wanna encourage you to, to hold up the, the arms of your husband in prayer. Students, hold up your dad's arms in prayer and pray for him. But guys, I wanna encourage you to find men in your life, find people in your life who you can, uh, can rely upon. We have, a, uh, we have a men's prayer night, Monday, July 2nd. If you're in town, we'd love to see you at the church office. You'll, you'll receive information. We've had those many times. But it's just a time where men can come together, share, share, you know, a few struggles and just lift one another in prayer and just hold each other's arms up. And so guys, I wanna encourage you, get some people in your life. If you wanna lead your family, if you wanna pursue God in your life, get some people in your life who can hold up your arms. Then we review the, the, the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments, and, and we, you know, there's, there's obviously we can walk through that and we've, we've done that before, but let me just take one. Let me just take one of these commandments. And one of those commandments, you probably heard this before and that's do not commit adultery. Well, Jesus in Matthew chapter five, verse 27 to 28, he took it a step further. And this is all part of the Beatitudes. And it says this, you have heard that it was said, you should not commit adultery. Well, that's, a, that's one of the big 10 commandments. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So it's one thing to say, oh, never commit adultery? Check, I could do that. Never commit adultery in my heart? Whoa, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. 
And so what Jesus is doing this, he's raising the bar of these, of these commandments because he knows that what happens in our hearts is fulfilled in our actions. What happens in our hearts is fulfilled in our actions and never starts behind the door of a hotel room. It starts in our hearts, always. So what commandment do you feel like God is telling you to obey? Obviously, there's 10 of them. It's some other things we should be obeying and following God. But, but what, what are some of those commandments? That it's like, man, gosh, I've got to do a better job of that. We talked about that. We challenge you on that. But guys, let me take a step further. If you want your kids to stop lying, to stop stealing, to stop sneaking around, to, to, because that's, that's not obeying your parents. That's one of the Ten Commandments. If you want your kids to obey those commands, guess what you have to do? You have to obey commands. We have to obey those commands. And it's not just about not committing adultery with your actions. It's not committing adultery in your heart. And so guys, I wanna encourage you. The more, and, and, and the family's all connected. It is. And so as, as you're walking and leading your family, you also need to be following those commands because the more you do, the more you're able to teach those commands and to show those because guess what? Your children are watching. Your wife is watching. And so they wanna see you following after those commands as well. And then we talked about meeting God by campfire. Meeting God by campfire. Of course, this is talked about God's holy mountain where he ascended, you know, descended down on this mountain and, and just showed up in a huge way. And so just like a campfire, you, you, you want to invite your family around the presence of God. That's why it's important to go to church. That's why it's important to do family devotional. That's why it's important to connect the things of God, to connect the things that are in this book right here with life. You wanna connect the dots. <clears throat> and so you bring them around the campfire. You bring them around God together. And so, but you're gonna do that easier if you yourself go to the campfire of God where you're able to meet with God. So Moses learned some valuable lessons as he pursued God. But there's one final lesson that he's gonna learn. It begins in Numbers chapter 13, verse one and two. It says this, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites from each essential tribe, send one of its leaders. And it goes on to, to list the names of the representatives from, that were sent to explore the land for 40 days. Same chapter, verse 23 and 25 through 25. It says, then they reached the valley of Eshaw. They cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshaw because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. 
So the group told Moses and the, and the Israelites about the richness and the fullness of the land. And it was as God showed them and told them years and years ago, it's gonna be a land flowing with milk and honey. It's gonna be prosperous. It's gonna be a rich land. Men, you may have a certain vision in your life for your family. You may have a certain vision in your life for what that looks like. But through that, you may have some broken commandments. You may have felt unqualified in the past, and maybe you've tried to do things on your own. You've learned from those, just like Moses. And now you're ready to experience a healthy family and lead them to something greater, just like the Israelites. Lead them to a promise. Lead them to something greater. But there's a problem. The problem is there's giants standing in the way. There's giants standing in the way. Guys, between us and the vision that we have of leading our family to a, a closer walk with Christ. You see, even though it was a promised land, it still had obstacles. 10 of the men who took the tour began telling about the giants. In verse 31 to 32, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size, giants. This section of scripture goes on to say that only Joshua and Caleb talked favorably about the land. The other 10 men did not. Because of that, God would punish them by sending them off into the wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years. Gosh, can you believe it? These, these Israelites have been held in captivity and slavery for over 400 years. God did plagues. He did the Red Sea. He descended down on the mountain. He did incredible, amazing things. Water flowing from a rock, manna, all kinds of stuff. But yet, when they get to the edge of the promised land, they say, all right, so there's big people. We can't do this. We can't do this. They are stronger than we are, is the exact words they use. They are stronger than we are. Gentlemen, can I tell you something? Look right here. When you wanna lead your family to greater things, there's gonna be things that are stronger than you. And that's okay. But what Caleb and Joshua realized, yeah, they're bigger than us, but we got God. Okay, stop having Red Sea amnesia and get over the fact that God is powerful. God can do amazing, great things. But these other 10 didn't see it. Guys, you wanna be like Joshua and Caleb. You wanna be like the other 10. Yeah, realize that the things you may face will be powerful. They will be frustrating. We're about to talk about some of those. But understand 
that God is a God of full power and he can help you. In, uh, so what happened, what happened here? What can we learn from Moses? Here's the thing, a couple of things that Moses did not do. Let's apply this to our lives. Moses was not proactive to protect the vision of getting to the promised land. Moses was not proactive to get the vision, to protect the vision. What, what we saw is 12 men came back, two guys said, hey, let's go. I got my sword, I'm sharpening it right now. We're going after this. The other 10 guys were like, no way. And then they started doing what? Spreading a bad report. Moses should have done something here in leadership. He should have stopped that from day one. And he didn't. He didn't protect the vision. He didn't protect the promise. So guys, that vision, that promise of your family doing, uh, having a place where they're walking with Christ and they're thriving in their life. And when you release them from their house, you're not worried like, okay, am I gonna have to pick that person, that one from jail, you know, or something? I mean, you're, you are sending them out with confidence because, because you have did everything you could to protect the vision. So he allowed them to talk negatively about it. Let me tell you this, any action discussion or decision that does not line up with God's vision for your family must be addressed. Guys, you cannot let some of these things just linger and not talk about it and not, and, and not look into it. it. Because Moses didn't do this, he wandered for another 40 years. The last third of his life were sitting in the desert. So guys, do everything you can to protect the vision, to protect the promise, and to know that you need to do everything you can to stop things that go against, that do not line up with that. So you, you get the idea that there are giants in your marriage there's giants in your finances. There's giants in parenting. There are things that, that you look at and you say, man, I, I can't do that. But God is saying, but I can. And I'm gonna do it through you. Just protect the vision. Another thing just, uh, 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 Moses didn't do or, or didn't do right is um, he took votes and not notes. He took votes and not notes. He allowed, he allowed people to vote on, on this and he had 10 to, 10 to two. You, um, you never vote on something that God has ordained. Instead of taking votes, they should have taken notes on where the first attack should begin. God has ordained great things for your family. You don't vote on that. Take mental notes on what's best for your family. Yes, absolutely. But the best place to learn on how to, how to take your family to the next, next level 
and to attack and to take notes is in church, through small groups, with other people who are trying to do the same thing. And so don't allow anybody to talk you out of walking in the path that God has given you. And as you lead your family, what are some, what are some potential giant opponents you may face? These giants will stop you from taking your family to greater things and just make you wander with no direction. Here's, here's just a few. The giant of busyness. I tell you what, this, this giant is living in our house. The giant of busyness. Where, you know, the, trying to be busy with sports recognition or feeling wanted in certain groups or you, you volunteer for all of these things and you, and you can't say no in actuality, you are saying no. You're saying no to the things that, that matter the most or should matter the most in your life. And so don't let the giant of busyness to deter you from walking into the promised land. Here's another giant, distractions. These mobile devices and the internet. We've, we've canceled cable for the summer. I can, me and Suzanne have on our phones, we, at any moment we could hit a button and our internet shuts off at our house. We're like, yeah, we're done. We're pausing. I don't care what kind of device you have, you can't access it. Why? Because it's a distraction. And those distractions in our life could easily pull us away from walking into the promised land. Relationships. Here's another giant. Kids' friends. Their relationships. There are some friends that some of your kids are hanging around and you're like, man, I, I don't know about that person or this person. And so it could be a problem. Get into it, be nosy. It's okay, be nosy. Track where your kids are. We do it all the time, okay? Track where your kids are. Get to know the friends of your kids. Another one is toxic extended family relationships. Again, the, the relationships of giants, these toxic extended families, if, it, if it's interfering into your nest that you have at your house, you need, to do it, you need to stand up and be a man and say, you know what, we're not gonna have that anymore. We're not. And if they're mad, they're mad. Because guess what? You're there to protect that nest. Now, obviously, you need to do that with wisdom and foresight, but you need to understand that relationships can be a giant that's standing in your way, bad relationships, from getting into the promised land. So busyness, distractions, relationships, and the last one is finances. Debt, budgeting, all of that stuff. That could be a giant standing in your way, which causes distractions and other things. By the way, here in the next, uh, at the end of July, 1st of August, we're gonna have a, a part of our small group a class called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. It's a biblical finance budgeting class. It's six weeks long. It's really, really good. We encourage you to do that. You'll get more information. But finances is a giant that could stand in your way. You need to do everything you can to try to control the spending, reduce the debt, and live biblically financial life. So as we close this out today, 
Listen to these words of Joshua and Caleb. We, we see this in Numbers chapter 14, verse nine. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Some of you guys, you need to take that verse, Numbers 14, nine, and you need to memorize that. You need to put it on your screensaver. You need to put it on your phone. But you need to, you need to remind yourself that, you know, the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. Lead your family. Lead your family. Because if you don't, you're just gonna wander in the desert. Some of you might be here today wandering in the desert. Just a non-purpose life. Guys, it's time to stop wandering and it's time to start leading. And I wanna encourage you to lead. You're going to face some giants, but make sure you protect the vision and make sure that you take notes and have a plan of attack and have other people in your life, some other men in your life who can help you with that. So this Father's Day, If you're not doing that, or if you wanna do it better, what a great day to start. What a great day to start. Father's Day, just to be that man. And if you just want some some advice, and I don't have all the answers, and trust me, you can ask my wife and my kids, I'm not doing this stuff perfectly. I mean, there's lots of things that I'm messing up on, but I'm getting there. We're gonna get there together, guys. Contact me if you need some help. We'll contact each other, let's pray together, and let's make this right. But there are giants, and if you try to do it alone, you're not gonna make it. You need Christ, you need him in your life. You need him living power as you walk and as you lead your family. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Lord, help help us to understand that that we need other people in our lives. It's so easy as a man who never asks for directions and that's just how we're wired. But Lord, we, we need to stop and ask directions. We need to pull the car over in our life and just step out and get other men and get other people and say, hey, what do you do in this situation? How does this work for you? and just learn from one another. And I pray, Father, that you let that guard down. You help us, Lord, as as men to walk in humility, but yet authority. And I pray, Father, that every man in here will take that first step of boldness, first step, getting into small groups, bringing their kids to youth, coming to church, getting their kids and and their wives and their entire family walking and into the promised land. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you enable us with your power and your might. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.